Welcome to Average Joe's Gaming with your hosts, Jesse and Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Jesse. And this is Average Joe's Gaming Podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking about board games, tabletop games, card games, movies, books, parenting. All that jazz. Pop culture. A little bit of everything. But majority of it's going to be tabletop games. Yes. A little bit about us is um, I am a manager of a local garbage company. I've been doing this for over 10 years now. And I am married slash divorced person of three marriages, <laughs> currently married to the third one, yes. and I have six children, which I love and think they're awesome, challenging Hi. it tight. Hi. <laughs> um, Jesse? I am currently a stay-at-home mom of our six children. Uh, the two youngest we have together, and they are four and almost three. We call them the little because it's just easier to differentiate sometimes about the little ones. And I um, spend a lot of time in my car, so I get to listen to books and things like that all the time. And uh, I have a YouTube channel that we are trying to do stuff with and kind of taking a little hiatus since school started. It was kind of crazy there with the five oldest going to school. Yeah. Um, how did we get into gaming? How did we get into gaming? Um, well, we've been married for five years, known each other for seven, and you got me into gaming. Pretty much we, in my family, we did not play games. We really did not do that. I, we, You introduced me to Munchkin, and that was the first... The original Munchkin. The original Munchkin, and then you bought me Munchkin Booty for my birthday. I did. First birthday gift. Mm-hmm. And I love it, and the reason I love it is because you, it's different every time. Yes. You don't have the same character every time. And you are your character, and yeah. you're building upon that. Yes. Yeah. And it's fun. You get these crazy, like, boots and weapons and hats and crazy little things, and you fight monsters, and it's fun. Yes. A lot of sense of humor in that. Yes. Um, I was into board games at a young age. Uh, I grew up playing Life and Monopoly and Yahtzee. Uh, when I go to my grandparents' house, uh, we would play games... Me and my grandmother, uh, we played card games, and double solitaire, and, and she had some pretty cool board games. Uh, I remember one in particular was the Toxic Avenger board game that we would play, and uh, every once in a while I could get them to play Risk. My grandpa would, would play Risk. Um, but whenever you hear 
the word risk. It's like 50-50. Either they hate it or love it, kind of like Monopoly. And I hate risk, and I also hate Monopoly, too. Yes, but I love risk. Even though it's a, it's one of those mass-marketed games, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I have always loved it, and I love the different variations. And uh, I have several copies. Six copies that I can see. Of which kind? Because I risk. have, yeah, I have we a lot have more than that. We have six different versions <clears throat> of Risk right now that I can count. Yeah, I have the different themed versions. And anytime I see a Risk, I, I tend to get one. Uh, the other thing is the carom boards. Um, the carom boards. <laughs> so uh, if if you don't know what caroms are, it is a wooden board with four netted pockets, one in each corner, and then you put these circle pieces. Usually they're wood. Um, the newer versions are plastic. Uh, you put them in the middle and there's red and green and uh, uh, there's one black one. And uh, you have shooters and the plastic shooters are white and the uh, wooden shooters are a natural wood color. And you each have it's a four player game. And so you have your, your side and you'll flick your shooter and try to get the colored pieces into the pockets. And if you get them in the pocket, then you score them there on your part. And I used to play that with my grandpa all the time. And so now, I, I just have this thing in the back of my head that whenever I see a carom board, it doesn't matter if it's missing net, or if the pieces aren't there, it's on a rummage sale, whatever. I just have this impulse to buy the carom board. And how many carom boards do we currently own right now? I think I have a stack of ten of them. Do we really have ten? I thought we only had like eight. No, we have ten, because when I saw my parents left, I bought another one and brought it back. So, but they're different variations. I mean, they, they're, I have some that are from the 60s, some from the 70s, 80s, 90s. I have some that are current. And so each one is different and unique. So, you know, they're cool to just have around. Uh, a lot of people, you'll find them in uh, people that have their billiards rooms just hanging on the wall. It's hard for me to hang one on the wall, even if it's missing a net, because it's just, every time I see one, I think of my grandpa. And when I play board games, I think of my grandparents. And my grandparents, growing up, were two of my best friends. So, for board games, personally, it, it really is, is, is another way to stay in touch with my grandparents. It's a nostalgic value, too, I guess, for you. It is. And, and I, you know, I had... Uh, I had gotten quite a few board games growing up, um, but I didn't really know about this hobby until about, uh, I'd say about 10 years ago. It was less than that. No, because um, my buddy Mark, that lives in California now, um, he's the one that really got me into it, and you, know, you and I have been together for eight, eight years, so I've known him longer Almost than that. Eight. So it's, it's been eight. 10 years now. Um and he, he started me off with the gateway games, Catan, yes. Munchkin, okay. Carcassonne, and the big one for me was Quarters. Mm-hmm. And I love dice, so when I started playing these games with him, I thought, this is such a cool hobby, and I didn't realize it, it had been such a breakout hobby, because I, I hadn't heard of anything about that. Mm-hmm. And in it wasn't part of my group because I didn't have a lot of friends. So now it's it's a big part of my life because I've, I've met new people because of it. I have a lot of friends now. And 
if it hadn't been for board games, I wouldn't be the guy of the day. So, I, I, I think it's a huge, huge deal. And I love playing board games because you're learning. You're keeping your mind sharp. Um, you know, you're just challenging yourself. And then the interaction between other people. I love that. I love having people over. I love hosting. Most of the time. I do. I mean, it depends on the person. I, I gotta say that. It really depends on the people you're playing with. But I would say the majority of the part, I love having people over. I love the person-to-person interaction. You love to entertain. I, I do. So <laughs> probably another big reason why we're doing podcasts yeah. is, is I get to reach a, a wider audience. And maybe, who knows, that'll possibly draw some new people into wanting to play some more games with me. Or getting to talk to these game designers and publishers. Because I love going to conventions. Because I get to meet these people that make the games, and uh, and they and they do tend to, to love the fact that I buy from every booth. <laughs> and spend way too much money. Yes, uh, but I'm I'm hooked. I'm I'm very very hooked on the hobby. So I don't think that'll ever go away. It, no. Um. So, uh, what you said. Munchkin was the game that sparked it for you? Yes, Munchkin was very much a game that got me into it, but there are so many other games that we have that I still love to play, but for sure, just Munchkin's always one of those games, my go-to games. You know, if, if you have somebody that really doesn't know a lot about gaming, or is really new to it, I feel like Munchkin is one of those games where it's really easy to pick up for everybody. Yes. Yep. And it's, it's a game where you can play with multiple players. Yeah. So I think it... And, and we play with the kids a couple times. And it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to teach them. You know, you're the character, so you have to imagine yourself putting on these, these objects. You know, these wacky, wacky objects. And then busting down a door and fighting this insane monster like the gazebo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a great game. They have a ton of versions out there. I actually just kickstarted another one, which is um, Munchkin Unicorns, oh, I really? believe. Yeah, it's Fairies and Unicorns, I believe, is what it is. Missy will really be into that one. I'm supposed to be getting that one in December. So I, I really hope that that one comes around Christmas time because it would be fun to play. Um, so what are, I mean, you, you obviously, Munchkin was your, your breakout game, but we have a little over 1,200 games. Yeah. <laughs> because your husband keeps buying them. Yes, he does. Um, if you had to pick five standout games for you, what would they be? Like, from number five to number one. From number five to number one. Wow, you're going to make me go backwards. Yeah. Um... I guess number five would probably have to be Ticket to Ride. Okay. Why do you like Ticket to Ride? Because it's super easy and it's fun and you get to play with little trains on the board. Okay. And super easy and simple, you know. Yeah. The Disney nerd over here that you married. Alright. So you did number, your number five is Ticket to Ride? Yes. Okay, so my number five would probably be Star Trek The Five-Year Mission, which is a 
dice rolling game, a cooperative game. Not many people like cooperative games, it seems like, in our game group. I, hopefully they're more popular everywhere else. But <laughs> So, for those people that don't know what a cooperative game is, and my brain, my brain is like mommy brain right now, what is a cooperative game? A cooperative game means you all win or you all lose. You're all playing on a team. It is you against the system. And in Star Trek V, your mission, you all take on a specific role of that cast. So you can choose to either play with the original cast, which is the far better cast, or you can play with the next generation cast, which has three standout characters in that. And I can't remember if Worf is actually one of the characters in the game or not. But Data and Jean-Luc are, besides Worf, are the only characters that I really cared for in that. Well, obviously, I care for his character, Wesley Crusher. Oh. But I think Will Wheaton's awesome, so... He's kind of whiny in that. And I think that's just how his character is portrayed. His character is portrayed that way. I think he's a great actor. But even though I didn't care for his character in the show... I think he's awesome in other shows. Oh, yeah. Movies, so. And, of course, we watched Tabletop um, when it was on. I don't it's, it's, it's on. It's yeah. still on. Yeah. So, um, in that, you would you would take a role on a character, and depending on what character you do is the abilities that you have. And you are trying to complete, depending on what difficulty you are playing at, um, how many alerts... Uh, on the alerts, there's a, a little icon, so it's a Starfleet icon, and you have to pass so many Starfleet icons to win the game. And so you go blue alert, yellow alert, and red alert. And depending on on how difficult you're going, it can get pretty hectic. And there's also ones that are timed missions. There's ones that are a priority, so you can only do those missions. You cannot work on the other missions. And it's just, it's simple dice rolling. It's kind of like uh, Roll For It mixed with a Star Trek uh, theme. And and I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on this game. Just, there's people that really think it's a dud, that it doesn't embody the Star Trek. And I think it's really, if you play a game, you have to have the mindset of, this is Star Trek. I am this character. And the Enterprise is in jeopardy from these alerts. So... You have to work together and try to pass these alerts. And if you don't go into that and you just go into it like this is a dice game, then it's not going to work out for you because it's just going to be a dud for you because you're not embodying the Star Trek element into the game. It's not like Couriers where you can just kind of like just take a bunch of dice out of your bag and just roll them. Right. So that's my number five. What's I love how you, like, go on these little tangents, and I'm like, I like Ticket to Ride because I get to play with little trains on the board. Sorry. <laughs> What's your number four? My number four would have to be, um, best treehouse ever. Okay, and why is that? Because you get to build a treehouse, and it's, it's not the same every time. It's kind of like Munchkin, where you... Yes, there's components that you have to follow and things like that. But it's also one of those games where it's very easy to get anybody to play it. And I've gotten quite a few friends to play it. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this game. It's a quick filler game, about 20 minutes, so. Yeah, and like I said, it's not the same game every time. Yeah, you can get the same room. Yeah. But 
it's not going to look the same right. every time. This, you know what I'm saying? And it's one of those games where I may not have won it very often, but I still love it. Yeah. The best what about your number four? My number four would have to be Star Trek Panic. Another Star Trek game. Oh my god, I'm shocked. So in Star Trek Panic, if anyone has played Panic games, they are basically tower defense games. So the Enterprise is the center of the board. And it comes with this amazing 3D Enterprise. And you can take damage on it. They have damaged parts that you can put on the Enterprise. Um, they have uh, kind of exploding elements on there that you can put on there. And, uh, and then they've got the shields, which are these awesome plastic pieces that go around as a perimeter. And then you have Romulans and Klingons coming at you constantly as, as a tower defense. And so each person takes on a role of a member of the original Star Trek cast. And you have that specific ability. Like if you're engineering, you know, you're wanting to fix... Um, you want to fix on the Enterprise and repair it. Uh, but you also want to use these, these cards in your hand to, to eliminate the threats that are coming at you and to maneuver your ship and fire photon torpedoes and fire your phasers and, and get rid of these Romulans and Klingons. And it can get really intense. It's, it's a little bit longer game. Um, I think games that I've played average between an hour and two hours. But it is so worth it. It is a great game. Don't you have missions on that one, too? Yes. That's a little different than, like, the regular, like, Castle Panic, where you just, you're just spending the tower with Star Trek, I right. vaguely remember. You do have missions, yep. Yeah, it's, mission. It is such a great quality game. I, I would have to say, out of all the Panics, it's probably my my favorite. And I, I like the zombie one. That one's cool. But the... The Star Trek one, it just blows the other ones out of the water. Because you're sitting there with a the little Enterprise on the table. What is this going to be better than a tower? Yeah. I don't remember playing the zombie one. That's a uh, cabin in the middle of the woods, and you have zombies coming out at you. A cabin, really? How ironic. Yeah. It's a cabin. Okay, so you're So that was my number four, Star Trek Panic. Okay, so number three... And we talked about this one earlier. It was, uh, my number three is currently five minutes level. And that's because I, not just because Marvel's so huge right now. We've played the five minute dungeon. And I really like that one, but I guess it's just the nostalgic value of trying to beat these characters. And, um, it was a toss up between that one and what's the other? Thanos Oh, Thanos Rising. Thanos Rising. Oh, yeah. That, those two are really, really, really hard for me to decide between those ones, but Thanos Rising is so hard to actually, like, win as a cooperative group. I don't know if they've ever won something. I did when I took it to my parents. Okay. And so, the five-minute marble was so much fun five people, and we're just, you know, every five minutes is really, really crazy. You know, like you said, 
the the app, the the countdown app. Yeah, the timer app. I wish it had a little bit more variation, like the yeah, five minute dungeon. The Jarvis on the the timer app. Just very plain and bland. And it's it's like you expect more. And I, I, I get that they're going with Jarvis, but he could he could make comments, you know, here and there, and that would be really just adding more. Whereas the five minute dungeon timer app, you you've got several different voices to to uh, choose from. You've got them making comments all the way through the game, and it just adds to the game. They could also change it up between them. I mean, you could have Jarvis, but you could also have Friday because Friday's his new one, so Jarvis right. is technically. Spoiler alert, Vision, you know? Yeah. If you don't know it by now, I mean, I don't really think that's a spoiler, so... But, you know, there are people out there who haven't seen all of the movies. No. Well, if they haven't seen that one by now, they probably don't care. Yeah. So that's your number three. It's yeah, Five Minute Marvel. Five Minute Marvel. Okay, and that is a cooperative game as well? Yeah. Okay. My number three would be Thanos Rising. And that is also a proper game, and that has a really cool, awesome boards. It's got the Gauntlet as one board, and then you've got another board that has a 3D Thanos model in the middle that turns and attacks your characters. It is it's very hard to win, which is awesome because it should not be easy and it kind of embodies the whole fight against Thanos. Yeah. And you have these teams that you put together to try to to fight, and there's tons of dice rolling and, and different cards that you can put into your, your team. And it's, it's all around great game, and it, I believe it's by USAopoly. And that was, you know, they've been doing, they've been putting out some pretty decent games lately. So that's my number three. Awesome, awesome game. If you have not seen that one, check it out. Another thing that we like to play with when we play that game is um, we printed out a 3D. Oh, the Thanos Gauntlet. The Thanos Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity yes. Gauntlet, yes. We uh, did a 3D print of the Gauntlet and we used that as a dice cup. Yes. So, number two. Uh, number two, right now, currently, my number two is. Uh, Unstable Unicorn. Sorry, Mommy Blank. And we just recently picked up that game. I had been looking at it for a while, and I knew it had gone through Kickstarter. And um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Exploding Kittens. Is that what Yes. I really like uh, Unstable Unicorn because it's fun. You know, it's kind of... I call it a deck building game, not deck building. No, it's... Just a card game. Just a little card game, and you get to play different um, Yep, you're trying to build a stable unicorns. Yeah. Yep. I want to get some of the expansions. I think the kids would really like that one. Okay. Uh, my number two is Quarriers. And that is an all-out dice brawl. And I would say that is not to be confused with the Dice Masters, even though they're they're made by the same companies and they're along the same lines. I do not like 
the collectible element. I want to be sold a complete game, and if if you want to add expansions, that's fine. I will buy complete expansions, but I do not want to buy 500 packs of dice and then have 15 of the same cards. Mm -hmm. I want one whole thing, and I know it's a whole money grab thing, but for me as as a collector or hobbyist or whatever you want to call me, I don't want to spend endless amounts of money on a complete game. I want to buy that complete game one time and one time only. And so I love Warriors because it is a solid game by itself. And then it had, I believe, three expansions to it that were well, the fourth is a standalone, and I think you oh, can add it to. Yeah. Because there's Cormageddon, Quest for Quamalot, or Quamalot, and mm -hmm. then there's the Dark Expansion, which is the little. Um, the crazy dice that nobody wants. The Corrupted Quiddity. Corrupted Quiddity. Yeah, which, if you don't know about Warriors, there's tons and tons of cues for words. <laughs> But it's an awesome dice building. So instead of deck building, it's a dice building game. And so you're building this epic bag of dice that you're going to pull out and try to beat everybody up and beat their monsters up and get points. And if your monster survives until your next turn, you get points for that monster being out. My monsters never survive. No, it's because I always have better monsters. Yeah, I know. You always want to for the dragon. Yeah, dragon. So... I think that's a great game. Um, one of my top favorites, and that is my number two. Number two. Number one. Good number one. Number one. Right. My number one. My number one is currently a game that came out this year, most recently, and that is Disney's Villain. And not necessarily just strictly the nostalgic value on this one, like it kind of is for anything else in Marvel, but. It's very different. You don't play as a hero. You play as one of the villains. And you are trying to basically play your way sort of through the movie. You have certain... Each, each villain has a different deck. And you're trying to complete your own goal. Mm -hmm. But you have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, too. Because... If you don't pay attention, then those people are going to win. Yep. And you play as either six villains right now, and I think there's possibilities for lots and lots of expansions. Because if you go to their website, you can vote for your favorite villain mm -hmm. that wasn't in the game. Oh, okay. And then they have voted a lot. Well, I think the components on that game are really impressive. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that you have a little booklet mm -hmm. with every character that kind of tells their story and then their special powers and explains that specific character and then the character pieces themselves. Oh yeah, those are really fun. Oh yeah. And each character has their own little playing board that they have to play on. Yep. You know, you're not playing on a really big board. You can just play right there in front of you. And pretty much you're, you can either completely stay on your own or you can and if you do that there's a chance that 
somebody else is just going to move through their steps a lot faster. So you kind of, like I said, you have to pay attention to what other people are doing. So you can play, they're called fake cards on them. You can pretty much play here on them and get in their way. That's okay. my number one Okay. And my number one has been out for a while. It is Marvel Legendary. And that is a deck building game. Also cooperative, but at the very end, you get a soul victor based on victory points in your uh, victory pile. And that one there has quite a few expansions to it, but it's not a collectible card game. No, but it's also very intimidating when you bring Yes, yes. Um, there's quite a bit of setup involved in this. Um, I've had custom mats printed out uh, for the game itself to have the updated, all the updated expansions with it. And then I, I had uh, uh, personal player mats printed out. I had this all done by Inks.com, and they are great at um, do-it-yourself mats. Mm -hmm. They do great quality, and they're, they're affordable. Yeah. Um, so I, I ended up doing six player mats and then uh, one of the board mats as well. And I found the, the, the prints on Board Game Geek under the, uh, the share files. So I did that and then uh, I, I can't even remember how many expansions they have, but they've got a ton. And the latest one was World War Hulk. And I still have that one in the shrink, that one in the X-Men expansion. And the World War Hulk one I'm really looking forward to because I, I absolutely love the Hulk. I think he's awesome. And I'm still really torqued off on how they portrayed him in the Infinity Wars and they made him into a giant wuss bucket because I am a huge fan of the original comic series. Um, the When I say original, probably <laughs> most of you think that whatever now is original, or maybe you actually know the original run, the first 400-plus run of The Incredible Hulk, I have a majority of that. And that's what I grew up reading. Um, I think they started about 10-cent covers and went from there. <laughs> that was your phone. A little um, side note here. Both of our children had a little nicknames before we found out what they were. And Little Miss was uh, Wolverine Baby. And then um, Little Miss was Hulk Baby. Yes. And he still has Hulk tendencies. He actually has a nickname Hulkster. Yeah. Um, but I, I read the, I believe it was the second run of the Hulk as well, and that's where they went towards World War Hulk. And that was a really good um, storyline. Most of it was just kind of a redo from the original run, just kind of updated artwork and a little bit newer storyline. Um, but the World War Hulk really took a turn. And I just, I don't think, and I know it's kind of like off-topic tangents. You are, and I have no idea what World War Hulk is. I have completely forgotten World War Hulk what World War is, Hulk is. It started with Planet Hulk, and Planet Hulk is where they decided that Hulk was too much of a threat to keep on Earth, so they sent him out in a spaceship 
but attached to that space, spaceship was a nuclear bomb. So they're going to kill the Hulk. Which is kind of the end of Age of Ultron. Sort of. Kind of, yeah. So, and that's where Thor Ragnarok, he's, he's on Sakaar, because that's where Hulk landed, was a planet called Sakaar, and he became a slave, and in the arena, he became basically a king, and he uprose the, the ruler of Sakaar and became the king, and had fallen in love and had a child, and... No. Yes, and... Uh, then the nuclear bomb went off in his space shuttle and destroyed his world and I believe killed his wife and I, I'm not sure if his child was born yet. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read these comics. But um, him and his warbound, is what they call them, came to Earth to wreak their revenge on the five people, I believe it was, four or five people that put him in this shuttle, and that was Professor X, Tony Stark, Mr. Fantastic, and I believe Captain America. Okay, so just a quick question. So, Planet Hulk, does he stay the Hulk like he does yes, in Thor? Yes, he's 100% the Hulk. So he doesn't turn he does back not. into Bruce Banner. No. They have an arrangement in his mind, and Bruce Banner is basically in his happy place, and the Hulk is out where he wants to be. And so they wreak havoc with these heroes of, of the world. And there's two teams. So there's the teams for the, the heroes on Earth, and then there's the other heroes that have heard the story of what they did to the Hulk and don't believe in that. And so they're fighting for the Hulk. And so basically, it becomes a world war over the Hulk. It kind of sounds like the uh, war. A it does, bit. to a point. Um, but uh, Hulk is decimating all of these heroes. Obviously, it's the Hulk. I mean, see, that's the thing, is in Thanos... For uh, Infinity Wars, he should have just rocked Thanos. And I get that he had the Power Stone, but come on, we're talking about the Hulk, the strongest Avenger. And if you're telling me that Thor can go up against Thanos, because, yeah, he got his butt kicked in the first part, but he comes up in the last part of the movie and just rocks everybody. And you're telling me that Hulk just gets his butt kicked and then doesn't ever want to come back out. No, that is not the Hulk. The Hulk gets angry. The Hulk gets strong. And this is the conversation that has been going on in our house ever since Infinity War came out in May. And it is now the end of October. So, needless to say, in this house, we are really anticipating the second part to Infinity War to see if the Hulk gets redeemed at all. Basically, what I'm saying is the Hulk better come back, and it better come back hard. Yeah. And Marvel should be afforded to get the rights back for Hulk and make him what he should be. <laughs> that is my thing. Get the Hulk back to Marvel. If they got the X-Men, and they got the Fantastic Four, they got all these other rights, then why leave the Hulk out there dangling? Make him and make him good. Well, they did in Thor Ragnarok. 
that did. But then they totally screwed him over in Infinity Wars. There's probably a reason why they did that. You know, as much as I like Mark Ruffalo, that's fine. But I love the Hulk. Give me the Hulk. Don't give me Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's a nerd. He's a scientist. He's not he's not an Avenger. He's the brain. Give me the brawn. If you're fighting Thanos, you need the brawn. Okay, now that we've gone off on a tangent, we could probably have an entire higher podcast about, you know, the Infinity Wars and may or may not do that. Please leave a comment. Uh, basically, Marvel Legendary, back to that, is a great game. It, um, it is a cooperative deck builder. You get a, a number of heroes out there in the helicarrier, and you draft them. Uh, or not draft them. Uh, you buy them with currency. So you, you lay down fight, and you lay down currency. And so you do your fighting first, and then you buy your heroes at the end. Everything you buy goes in your discard deck, and then after your draw deck is done, then you, you shuffle back up your discard deck, and you've got a whole new deck to go. Now, on top of that, you also have a mastermind that you try to attack. You have a plot, which constantly has plot twists. You have a scheme. So you're trying to not only defeat the, the mastermind, but you're trying to defeat villains, overcome the plot twists, and survive the scheme. There's so much going on in this game that makes it so great. And that is why I find Marvel Legendary, even though I don't get to the table nearly as much as I'd love to, Marvel Legendary is my number one top game. I think you're, we're going to have to have a uh, Legendary game day. You might have to put that out there and just be like, hey, I'm going to play this game with or without anybody. So get <laughs> over here. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it just kind of depends on who shows up. So that is our top five games. Mm -hmm. And so what we would like to do with these podcasts is, in, for me, I love the gaming hobby so much that I can't get enough of it. I try to introduce my kids to it. Um, my two and four year old absolutely love board three. Yeah, he's almost three. Almost he's three. two though. Okay, mom ages versus dad ages. <laughs> if he's two, he's two. Mom's ages. He's, he's he's two in like fourteen months. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Which is three in two months, but um, so two and a four year old. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> And then I, I love to try to get new games out for my, my other children. I have four older children that range from ages of 9 to 13 almost. 13. 13. Eight. Yeah, she is 13 now. 8. Um, eight yes. Um, so I I try to get as many games as I possibly can with them. Try to get them away from the Xbox a little bit okay. and, uh, and stretch their brains. I want to smash those things. Um, and then beyond that, I try to get get game days going and, and get my friends over here and and try to interact. I love hosting. Um, but in, in the filler time, I also want to talk about games and listen to games. And I love listening to podcasts at work. And then 
And when I come home, it's just like, I don't have anything to do with board games. And so now we're going to do our own podcast. And we're going to try to put one out at least every other week. Maybe more, maybe maybe less, but we're going to try to hit that goal of, of two a month. So I think that's obtainable. I have plenty to talk about. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. So if I have an audience, I'm going to talk. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts? Um, I think it's a great idea. I think we have a lot to... I think you have a lot of content to talk about. And when we've written some stuff down and have some ideas, then, you know, yeah, we've got a YouTube channel out there, and uh, there's a couple videos out there. I'd like to get back into that, but like I said, it's kind of crazy right now. It was crazy. And um, you love to talk about games. I do. You do. I used to sell games. I had... Uh, at a board game company, well, uh, a retail company that uh, I did for about a year, and it was more of a, a thing, the reason why I shut it down was it, it became too big, too fast, and I had to make the choice of taping, taking a step back from my current career, which pays all the bills, and uh, lets me have my lifestyle, or expand the board game business, and um, I just couldn't see that right now, maybe someday in the future, but right now it's just, I love playing board games, I love talking to people about board games, and when I sold board games, that was the coolest thing for me, was just getting new people interested in board games, and then hearing their likes and dislikes, and then being able to recommend something that just knocked it out of the park for them. So, I miss that to a point, but on the other hand, I, I get to have people over to my game room, which is basically like a little store in itself, but I don't sell any of my stuff, so. It's like its own little island that is not really connected to our house, but kind of connected to our house. Yeah, our, so I built a game room on the back of our garage, which was an expansion to the garage when we moved into this house. And he had a three-stall expansion behind two-stall garage, and where he had his old cars. And so when we when we got into this house, I instantly envisioned a game room back here. And so about four years later, I'm pretty sure I've finished it. I put up a wall, finished the ceiling, put up a ton of shelving, uh, got game tables in here that I've made. Um, the ceiling is covered in boards from board games that were not complete. Uh, so it looks like a collage of board games, which usually there's something to look at around here. There's tons of uh, geek memorabilia, I guess I would call it. And hopefully we will have a video up about our game room Yep. Um, but yeah, you can just go to YouTube and search Jesse and Joe. That is the name of our channel on YouTube. Yes, uh, Jesse and Joe. And it's always down the list. I think we've got like seven or eight videos right now. But it's uh, 
hurting me and we're kind of cuddling, I guess I would call it. I don't know. I, I got my arm around her or something. We look like two goobers. Right. <laughs> that was taken like almost eight years ago. You look yeah. different now. Yeah. And chubbier oh, and more, uh, more dad bodish. You definitely got the dad creeping bear stuff going on right now. I do. There's a reason why I'm on podcast and not on video. <laughs> uh, so up next in our, our upcoming podcasts, uh, we are going to be talking about Kickstarter, the do's and don'ts, um, the likes and dislikes. Um, we're going to be talking about upcoming conventions. And then after we go to a convention, we'll, we'll have a podcast about it. Um, what was fun there, what we didn't really care for, um, some of the stuff we picked up. Uh, if we get new acquires into our collection, we will talk about those. And we'll also talk about games we played since our last podcast. Um, anything else? No. Nothing? Nothing. Maybe we could sit here and talk for about another hour <laughs> about just random stuff. But, you know, I think, yes, look out for the Kickstarter. I have no, nothing to do with that. That would be Joe and true. our friend Tom, who's been in our life for about four years now. Yeah. I'm actually supposed to be getting uh, Kickstarter here in the next few days, which is the Deadwood uh, card game, uh, Tortuga, and Stain. Hey, you told me about those. Yes, I'm very, very excited about those. So... Um, that and then the Tiny Epic Galaxy bundle, I believe, finally shipped. So, should be getting those any day here. Uh, last I saw, I think they were in Indiana or Illinois. So, uh, when I get those, I will share about those. So, uh, that's it for me. I have nothing else to say. Okay, so we will talk to you next time. Bye.